The fury of the virus illustrates the folly of war. It is time to put armed conflict on lockdown and focus together on the true fight of our lives. Dear listener, we find ourselves amidst a true global crisis. Our interconnectivity is more apparent than ever. Nothing seems what it once was. Now is the time to radically realize a world which holds violence and conflict and stops excluding women and youth. As Chris continues to breathe, peace builders worldwide continue to work on a more peaceful world for tomorrow. This season is all about the peace builders making this needed change possible. Listen to their inspiring stories and reimagine this new reality with us. Welcome to the Peace Corner podcast, brought to you by GPAC, UNOI Peace Builders, CSPPS, and Pass Peace. Welcome back to the Peace Corner podcast. In today's episode, we're joined by Sina Al-Bannawi. She is a GPAC member from the MENA region who also works on Resolution 1325 with the Jordanian National Commission. Today, we're diving into the topic of women's inclusion in the MENA region generally and in Jordan specifically with Sina. So before we get started, Sina, can you just tell us what inspired you to become a peace builder? Thank you so much, Fatima. Well, I believe that uh, we are born peace builders by nature because goodness is the essence of the humanity. So peacemaking or peace building is part of our humanity. In addition, peace is a broad, uh, broad concept that cannot be defined. It does not have one set shape, way or form. But I believe that there are no set way to how uh, on how to be a peace builder it can be smiling to others or helping someone to cross the street or it could it could include our work in the development or the humanitarian sectors as well as the uh, peacekeeping operations uh, of course each one of us has his or her own story that motivated him or her to be an active peace builder so i prefer calling it active peace builder in this regard i don't think that there's a certain point in my life where it triggered the need in me to become a peace builder. If you would ask me that, um, maybe I would say that uh, throughout my uprising uh, and teenage years, the want to achieve justice, uh, equality and peace started to get embedded in me because there are women and girls in my country and in the, min- in the MENA region who are deprived from living in peace and in need to be protected and aware of the services provided to them. However, through my membership in GPAC, I got the chance to know many issues and stories in the MENA region that should be voiced and addressed. So I guess this is my duty to voice the needs of other women, whether in Jordan or in the MENA region. That's so great. It's great to hear that you have a passion towards helping women in the region, because in the past years, we've definitely seen some progress happen towards women's empowerment, um, but there are still steps to be taken. But I think in the past years, we've seen in Jordan, for example, initiatives designed to empower young women. So Plan International Jordan's I Will campaign, and that initiative just empowers girls to make healthy decisions, take control of their lives. Um, As a peace builder in Jordan, working with the Jordanian National Commission of Women, what changes have you personally observed take place over the last years? And how do you think that women's involvement and representation can be further enhanced? Uh, well, uh, this is indeed uh, an important question. So I, I see that the civil society in Jordan is very active. Although I don't work with a civil society organization and the Jordanian National Commission uh, for Women uh, is a semi-governmental organization, but we still believe that the role of the, the civil society is essential at many levels and in many fields from uh, women 
empowerment, human security, children's rights, peace and security, and many activities are taking place to work with the society to, be to become more acceptable for women participation at all levels and also to equip women with the needed skill to become active citizens. I'll talk about my experience since 2006. When I first started going to trainings and workshops, there was a little presence for girls. They were afraid of going like to places where boys are because their families saw that it would be not appropriate for girls to go to such places. So the club uh, where I take the trainings and workshops had decided to design its activities in a way that suits the local community and started inviting our parents to our uh, events so they can see that the environment is safe for both girls and boys. The years after that, yani I remember that uh, there was an increase in females' participation at many levels to the extent where the club started looking for alternatives to get males involved in their activities because it is very important that both males and females are on the same level of participation and on the same level of understanding, especially when we are talking about women issues. Another level, which is yeah, one of the most important levels, women-led organizations in Jordan are expanding their work, especially in other, other governorates uh, at the grassroots levels. I'm talking about this level. So women now are taking decision-making position. Women are being recruited to security and military sectors. So today, when we see a female as a leader, we are not surprised. However, the level of inclusion, involvement, and representation of women at higher levels is still underexpected. Therefore, efforts should, I think, and I believe that uh, efforts should be directed towards a few points. One, maybe we can start with raising the awareness of the society to become more acceptable and supportive for women's uh, role in different fields, and also more advocacy at the high level to ensure the political well, training to equip women with the required skills and knowledge to become leaders at the high level, high level. so this is very important and also reviewing the internal policies to institutionalize the role of women. Uh, maybe also um, reviewing the curriculum to ensure that, that the coming generations are aware of the importance of women's role in our societies. So it's very important to note that some entities in Jordan already started to tackle most of the previously mentioned points where uh, their efforts are still where yani, their efforts are still not uh, that outstanding, one might say. However, honorable uh, efforts and work are devoted to better the situation of women in Jordan. For instance, um, I can talk about like nowadays there are gender lessons and lessons about women, women's participation in numerous fields, including security sector and in the uh, social study curriculum, uh, and especially in the seventh grade. So. Although the, the, um, the efforts are important to foster يعني, the inclusion of women in many fields at many levels, but still uh, we need like more efforts, especially at the high level positions. That's great to hear. I think I really like how you mentioned women's inclusion and participation, both systematically and also at every level of political and economic participation. I think as someone who's young, I've seen recently a lot of women's inclusion at, in cultural practices, especially with the rise of social media. And I was just wondering what role you believed cultural practices like such as photography, theater, music, or debate even play in making a difference and in the promotion of peacekeeping. And have you seen increased inclusion of women in these spaces? You know, I believe that the mentioned cultural practices are perfect alternative tools to address any rising issue in, in our societies. Because 
this approach or this these tools are a peaceful uh, approach that has a long-lasting impact on the society, especially when we're talking about youth who are get bored easily and, and about conservative societies who are not allowed to talk or, or even to think of a certain issue, like they consider it as a taboo. So there's an increase in women's inclusion in such practices. Um, I have many examples in my mind. For example, the National Culture for uh, the National, sorry, Center for Culture and Arts, IDARE, Jihad, and other organization, whether semi-governmental or civil society organization. For instance, the National Center for Culture and Arts uses the the interactive theater as a tool to raise the awareness of women and youth uh, issues in all governorates. Yani, this tool can be used in all governorates, especially in the conservative societies or conservative communities in Jordan. So uh, they, they utilize or the, uh, they make partnerships with youth clubs, schools and universities in, the, in those areas so they can make sure that they are using, uh, they are, sorry, raising the awareness of those, um, those places and also not only focusing on the capital of Jordan, which is Amman. So I guess, yes, we need to work more on those uh, alternative uh, uh, tools in order to expand our work. I, yeah, I really like um, the term alternative tools. And I agree that raising awareness is definitely key in traditionally conservative societies. Um, along those lines, I think in such societies, we've seen that le- like women's involvement in labor has gone down. And so, for example, UN Women have found that female participation in the Jordanian labor market was low, around 13%. And UN Women have attributed this low percentage to issues such as segregation, social pressures, um, limited access to safe workplaces and transport, and other childcare responsibilities. As a woman peace builder based in Jordan, what do you believe are the biggest challenges or obstacles that women face both economically and politically? And do you agree that the issues mentioned by UN Women are the most prevalent issues to Jordanian women today? Well, in general, the main obstacles women face in Jordan and in the region are related to the legislative system, uh, negative perceptions of the society, economic status of both uh, the country and women, as well as women's capacities. So if we're talking about women's economic and political participation, then we should take into account the related obstacles that limit women's participation in both fields. And I have many obstacles. For example, the infrastructure, especially when we move far from Amman, the capital of Jordan, we have uh, we, we have to mention that the availability of kindergartens, washrooms, separated and gender-friendly uh, door rooms and other facilities that will uh, make it easier for women to uh, to work, not even to part- not only to participate uh, in uh, in any trainings. Uh, also, the structure of the institution, like I'm talking about the public and private sector, and to which extent their internal policies support women's participation. Uh, let's take, for example, transportation. If they are available accessible, feasible, safe uh, for women and girls. Uh, the unpaid uh, burdens that women bear within the family when it comes to being the designated household uh, taker. These burdens affect women because even when women participate in work and 
support uh, to raise the economic level of the family. Most of the time, men do not support in the in bearing uh, these burdens. So this adds more pressure and rules uh, on women, which will lead to doubling the efforts that women make in order to pay the price of being allowed to have a meaningful economic and political participation outside of their traditional gender role, which is being a caretaker. Also, we can talk about uh, how society perceives the role of both women and men in political participation. This role from the social point of view uh, is assigned to men and not to women. Therefore, priority should be given to men. Uh, also, women uh, representation in parties. This is very important point. Is their, represent their representation in parties is under expectation, and this affects uh, her political career development, especially when it comes to the leadership positions in the parliament and in ministries. Here, I would like to elaborate more. Women in general cannot build their political experience, seeing that it is a male-dominated sector, and few chances are given to women to have enough political experience. And capacities that would make them uh, eligible for leadership positions. So I guess many obstacles, many many uh, factors that play a role uh, in, in, in the political and economic uh, participation that affect economic and political uh, participation of women. Yes, and I think um, just adding to that pressure recently has been, so adding to all of the issues you've mentioned is the breakout of the COVID-19 pandemic, which has forced communities obviously across the world, to go into lockdown, um, depending on the country. But generally, everyone has gone into quarantine and lockdown. And this has really limited the ability of civil society organizations to, to engage with their communities directly. And in what ways, I, I wanted to ask you, in what ways you think this pandemic has affected your ability to continue working with women? Um, and how have you been able to overcome these limitations to continue empowering women and continue your work during this time? Well, I would like uh, to preface this question by uh, mentioning that third world countries are the most affected by the COVID-19 crisis, uh, seeing that they are already dealing with uh, an unstable political situation in the region. So COVID-19 came as an unexpected and added burden to these uh, to those countries. For instance, in Jordan, the government issued an immediate and full lockdown of the country. This had created like multiple uh, problems as follows like uh, inaccessibility to public services as uh, services by citizens. However, it's important to keep in mind that uh, minorities, women and children in the country were, were more affected uh, by the lockdown than men. This hindered the CSO's capabilities to provide an immediate aid to these uh, in need. Uh, also, there, were, there has been an increase in the gender-based violence uh, cases against women, seeing that most women were locked with their abusers with no way to report or to defend themselves. And, um, however, in that regard, JNCW, which is the Jordanian National Commission for Women, recognized the, prob the problem and started an immediate GBV uh, hotlines mapping on the country level, including refugee camps and host communities for, for governmental and CSOs services providers and issued at uh, on numerous social media platforms and TV channels in order to work, uh, to help those women in need, especially who were locked uh, with uh, their abusers uh, under one, uh, yani in one house. Yeah, I definitely agree that this has been a difficult time for several minority groups, but it's great to hear that there have been already efforts in place to assist the women in need. And along those lines, just to 
conclude, I wanted to ask if you have any stories or any initiatives you've heard about um, at the time of the pandemic that have been positive, like a positive reaction. Well, in this context, uh, JNCW launched a female frontline workers media campaign. Uh, this campaign uh, aimed to highlight women's contribution and response to COVID-19 in all sectors, security sectors, governmental and CSOs. Yani there was uh, a number of women-led organizations uh, started applying to get the permission to get out of their homes to help others in need and to provide their first aid kits, uh, yani, or, or even food and water to other um, families who are in need. And also, um, like, women uh, were, were always looking for um, the, the Jordanian National Commission for Women. They started taking calls uh, from different uh, people who are reporting uh, violent cases against women are happening in Amman or in any other uh, place. So women started to, to help other women in Jordan to report these uh, cases and to, to reach uh, the, uh, the organizations or the institutions who are responsible to uh, respond to, uh, to, to these cases. So I guess we saw how how um how we as women uh, led organizations how uh, the governmental bodies and especially uh the networks in jordan started working together in order to uh just to help those in need and also to voice the needs of women who cannot uh, report uh, their cases these efforts are really wonderful um and it's good to see women and peace builders act so quickly and come together to work really efficiently and especially in this challenging context thank you so much Sena, for the insight on the region it was really great to hear your perspective as a peace builder on the ground working on these really challenging issues thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for having me here and it's very important initiative to voice like uh, the efforts of and different peace builders around the world. It's really important knowing more about other initiatives and also it's good to uh, give people this space to talk more about what they are doing so they start thinking of how they will improve their work or the importance of this work so they can work on different levels. Thank you so much, Fatima. Thanks for listening to the Peace Corner podcast. We amplify the voices that pursue a sustainable peace, especially now in the face of a pandemic. Keep reimagining a better world with us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you might be listening.